You're listening to Policing Matters on PoliceOne.com. I'm your host, Jim Dudley. And today we're talking about leadership and we're talking about uh, s- smaller venue agency uh, policing in uh, an area of Idaho today, Pocatello, Idaho. And I want to talk about, you know, since 2000, we lost a lot of law enforcement officers they left the profession, whether they retired if they could, or they lateraled somewhere else, or they changed their, their job completely, or maybe they just quit. And we've seen a lot of chiefs and sheriffs follow suit. Well, one leader in law enforcement command, Roger Shai, has stayed, he leads, and he flourishes while so many other chiefs struggle. And I'm honored to have him on the show. Well, Roger Shai has served in law enforcement for 30 years, 26 with the Pocatello Police Department, where he currently serves as chief of police. He has experience working in every division in different capacities, which has assisted him in being a well-versed officer. Chief Shai has a widespread training background that includes the FBI National Academy, FBI Command College, and several other leadership courses. He holds a bachelor's degree from the Herzing University in criminal justice and a management certificate through Idaho Police Office Standards and Training, their post. His post-certification in high liability instruction has assisted him in implementing several progressive programs within his department. He has an extensive background in writing and developing policies, procedures, strategic action plans, lesson plans, and budgets. The chief has a strong belief in community relationships that we're going to talk about today, and he's explored, he's worked, excuse me, with several community organizations. He's a resolute protector of children's rights and takes pride in serving as the president of the board of directors for court-appointed special advocates, CASA. In 2016, he was honored to receive the Ron Timpson Award from the local branch of the NAACP for human rights advocacy, volunteerism, and commitment to the improvement with the Pocatello community. Welcome, Chief Shai. Thank you for having me on. It's uh, humble to be here with you. Well, it was great to meet you. I met you uh, earlier in the year in Orlando, Florida at the FBI National Academy Conference. And um, giving a presentation, I mentioned um, Henner Gracie, who we've had on the show, and Henner Gracie's uh, leadership in bringing Brazilian jiu-jitsu to um, a force option for police in law enforcement. And he's actually been certified to teach in several states. And uh, right after our presentation, you came up and said, hey, I just texted his uncle, uh, Hoist Gracie, a UFC champ. And uh, I was stunned, you know, that you've got uh, Hoist Gracie on speed dial and that you've developed a relationship and you're teaching. I mean, you were ahead of the game. You're teaching Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, with your troops at Pocatello. Tell us how that happened. So um, I've always been involved in defensive tactics. I got a martial arts background and um, I got involved with post and teaching. And we saw that the system that we were using was not so effective or efficient. So we met as master instructors across the state, and we actually implemented a statewide change. We switched to what's called ARCON, 
uh, arrest control. It's a system that was developed by Justin Wade in conjunction with Henry Gracie, input from Hoist Gracie um, down at LAPD. So it's LAPD's model that our state has adopted. And it's uh, mainly uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu or jiu-jitsu. And uh, it has some mixture of Krav for some uh, weapons retention, Muay Thai for some striking, but uh, and a few, like two joint locks. And what Justin did is he went out and did years of research on what was being used out on the street by the officers, what was efficient, what was effective, and then trained to that and said, okay, if they're going to use that, then let's train to that. And um, he made it a lot more uh, simpler. So one of the concepts that we follow here, uh, you know, we would like to keep things simple, clear, concise. So we looked at that with we like it. And uh, so we switched to it as a state and we started implementing it as a, as a department. And um, and then we got involved with, uh, we built a relationship with Hoist Gracie um, and, and Hoist has come up here. He's done, he's done a little reserve work for us. Um, and he's uh, trained our, our instructors and our officers. And uh, there'll be a little clip of him in our new re uh, recruiting video that's coming out here probably today. And, we built a relationship with him and pick his brain on things. And he's been phenomenal to work with. Uh, he's got a wealth of knowledge. He's very humble. He's a great teacher and he, um, he's patient, he's understanding, and he's provided us some tools in our toolbox to use uh, to keep the officer safe and to keep the, the, the community safe too, because it's a lot safer way of, of getting a subject uh, under control into handcuffs and, and without, without injury. So that's the, the whole thing is less injuries for the, the, the people that we're placing into custody and less injuries for the officer. Right. And the fight quickly. Yes. And so, you know, over the past year or so, we've been losing these use of force options. Uh, some agencies have stopped using taser. Um, certainly the carotid has been eliminated as a force option from several states and agencies as well. So it's a great option for your officers. Um, well received by them, I would imagine. Yeah, and in fact, we've, uh, we've kind of taken over uh, an area of, of, of our building. We share a building with our city and we may have just taken over an area with our mats and <laughs> um, working with, uh, working with uh, the, you know, the city side, they framed it in just for us. So uh, we got a huge mat room where uh, we do practice roles uh, with, with the officers in the mornings. Uh, we do, of course, our mandatory defensive tactics training two to three times a year. We incorporate our defensive tactics training into our, um, and into our uh, scenario-based training. So it's kind of sprinkled in throughout the year. So it's just not like an eight-hour block and they're done. Well, that's great. It's a perishable skill. You need that. So, you know, a lot of um, the cops that I talk to in California, uh, for whatever reason, Idaho seems to be a destination point uh, if they decide to lateral or move, retire, mm -hmm. uh, head up there, whether to to live um, out of California. Um, but some will lateral there to various agencies in uh, Idaho. So what's your recruitment and retention strategy? How do you get officers there? What's what's appealing? I mean, I, I looked up at the statistics and you're about 56,000 uh, residents in the community and your agencies, uh, what, about 60 sworn? 
No. So we're, we're roughly 58,000 and that's without counting the Idaho state university residents that are here. And, um, our, our County has about a hundred thousand people in it just under that. Um, and we're 97 sworn. And right now we're taking care of the animal shelter too. So we're about, we're 153 uh, total employees. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's a good size agency. How, how are you getting people there? You know, uh, we're expanding our, our recruiting, you know, the, the, the seminar that I sat in with you, we're, we're looking to uh, go pretty digital with our recruiting um, and, and getting those QR codes out. So we're looking at different aspects there. We go to uh, Idaho State University, uh, actually recruit right out of the, the athletics uh, for, from Idaho State University. Um, our our people here are really good at building relationships with people. So when we go to a training, we meet people, uh, we talk about our department. Uh, we're very well equipped. We're very well trained. And recently we uh, worked with the city and we got uh, for the next four years, a, a good contract for the officers that's going to get them well, well paid um, and always looking for opportunities to get them compensated better. We also have a pretty good compensation plan. Um, in Idaho, uh, the state law is 86 hours for overtime. We get overtime at 80 hours. And we also have a 401k match that if you, on top of your retirement here with the Pocatello Police Department, if you put 6% of your check into um, uh, a secondary retirement, the city matches it at 6.2%. So it's it's kind of like you're you're not wise if you don't put money into that. So so we've got a lot of other incentives. We do education incentives, a physical fitness program, physical fitness uh, incentives. Uh, we we send our guys to a lot of training, uh, and we are very active with our community. Well, I would imagine that geographically you're really attractive there in Idaho as well. Uh, cost of living um, is is pretty reasonable as opposed to some of, you know, California where you can hardly afford to live anywhere. Um, and then you've got the natural, natural surroundings there. It's all got to be pretty attractive. We are in nature's backyard. And if you want to go skiing or hunting or fishing, whitewater rafting, it's, you can do all that stuff here and it's minutes away. Uh, there's a ski hole 25 minutes from, from my house. Uh, you go to Jackson hole, Yellowstone, Sun Valley, uh, in fact, our FBINA conference uh, this year for Idaho, Montana, because we're combined, was in Whitefish, Montana. And if you've never been to Whitefish, Montana, it's gorgeous up there. So and it was it was a seven hour drive, kind of a long drive. But I mean, it's kind of like going to Mammoth from San Diego. So um, it it's a great place to live. Not a lot of traffic. People treat each other with dignity and respect here. Uh, you know, it's it's really a good place to live. And we got a lot of community support. So, yeah, I want to get into that community support in a minute. But I, I wanted to talk. We we talked briefly about um, using uh, or having the university students. I think you mentioned the football team. Uh, they help you out as a force multiplier. You train with them. How does that work? So um, we have built a very strong relationship with. Idaho State University, President Satterley, um, Athletic Director Pauline Theros, Coach Rob Fennessy, Coach uh, for the football team, and uh, Coach Looney from the basketball team. Um, we have built a great relationship with them. Uh, in fact, last night I was on a Zoom call with uh, student athletes uh, talking about mental health 
and the importance of mental health and kind of how it impacts the police. And I, I, I attack that by two different um, aspects, us responding to those calls, which are one of our higher calls for service and the mental health of police officers and how we how we cope with things. So it was a good conversation. It builds relationships. Um, you know, with with the students, uh, I work out with them. I work out with the student athletes. Um, you know, I, I always wander in there and if there's a new freshman, I'll walk up to them and say, hey, I'm like, you know, my, I'm, I'll be 50 next year. I said, I tell them, hey, I'm competing for your position. And I mess them a little bit and get a laugh out of them. But um, I go work out with them. They, they come on ride alongs with them. We do we cook for them like during their uh, their camp. We take our big grill. We've cooked for the players there. We've actually partnered with Idaho State University on shop with a cop. They come help us and shop with the student athletes, with um, with the kids. They help us out with our give the cops a bird uh, turkey fundraiser. They help us out with with various things in the community. They go on ride alongs. Uh, I take them to the range. We go shooting. So there's a lot of things that we do to build those relationships. I actually travel with the, with the football team and they get to see me on the road in my sweats and we have conversations and talk and, and they figure out, Hey, I'm just a dad with three daughters that pull my hair out, trying to figure out, you know, how to, how to navigate through, through that. So it's been good. It's been a, you know, and, and I call that building leadership capital and that kind of, you know, whether it's the community or the out of state university uh, athletic program or the university itself, any opportunity I can find to build leadership capital, I'm, I'm doing that. Yeah, it's great to build that capital in advance because eventually you're going to have to use it down the road. And I mean, I, I think, you know, you, you show great leadership in, in building what you have there, but you, you build it and you cultivate it and you maintain it with your community and your elected officials how do you do that and how do you how do you maintain that so so um one of the things that we do here is um we follow um we're part of the extreme ownership academy with jocko willink and his group and we we've we've embraced those leadership principles and and when you look at those leadership principles the, the first thing that he'll 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 tell you is to be humble and show humility. And the next thing to do, because you're being humble, you build, uh, build relationships with people. And anytime you can build those relationships with people, that is, that is a huge thing. Um, and, and, I, and I'll pull right out of leadership strategy and tactics, page 157, 58, there's 12 points right there that we follow. Be humble, don't act like you know everything. Listen, ask for advice and heed it treat people with respect, take ownerships of failures and mistakes, pass credit uh, uh, for success up and down the chain, work hard. As a leader, you should be working harder than anyone else on the team. No job is beneath you. Uh, have integrity, do what you say, say what you do. Be balanced, be decisive, and, and uh, build, build relationships, and lastly, get it done, get the job done. So those we we follow those we follow the laws of combat which are cover move simple, prioritize execute and decentralize command and you know our our guys have really taken to that decentralized command component because if they come to me with an eighty percent solution and they say hey boss I want to go do this I'll let them go do it and that builds capital with my people which go out and once they understand the mission then they can go out and build that capital with the community uh, and whether they're working with council 
or working with um, working with a, a community group. In fact, we're working with our uh, the NAACP right now out of uh, Ogden on an uh, with an issue, and they're they've been working with uh, Akila Lacey, who's one of our former student athletes. He's a sergeant here, and he's working with that group down there. So it's been a blessing. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, well, that's a great way to, to get a foot in the door with with the community. You do a community citizens academy, I understand? We do, yeah, we, we do. We do a yearly citizens academy uh, and it's very hands on it. I'm very involved with that. I resurrected that back in 2013 and it's been nothing but successful. It's kind of cool when I'm out in the community and someone's gone through it and uh, and they'll flag me down and they'll and they'll say, you probably don't remember me, but. I was involved in the Citizens Academy and we really loved it when you did that explosive breaching uh, demo or I got to shoot the Tommy gun or I got to drive or I got to do the mock crime scene. There's something that is, is a favorite of everyone. And I've got amazing people that work here uh, and and they come in and they teach these classes and the people really take to them because they let them kind of pull the curtain back a little bit and see how the sausage is made. Right. And so um, when they, when they're doing that, they, they actually understand the why. And I think that that's an important part with building those relationships with your community is explaining the why. Once they explain, you explain the why you say, Hey, this is the why and the what, this is how we, and this and now, now we let them do the how, and then they realize, Oh, you can't solve a crime in the 58 minutes I watch on TV. So it's not like it is on TV. There's actually more to the story. So uh, it has been uh, that has been a blessing going out and doing presentations with, you know, our Rotary Club, NAACP, uh, different groups at Idaho State University, School District 25, uh, and just the different community groups in town, um, the kind community and being involved in those events has really helped build that capital so that they get to know us. We get to know them. That's kind of one of my one of my big things that I talk about with the new officers when they get uh, the hired on and I, it's a, I beat the drum on this all the time. I don't, when people are walking down the street in our community, I just don't want them to look there and say, Hey, there's a member of the Pocatello police department. I want them to say that's my member of the Pocatello police department, whether it's one of our sworn staff, our non-sworn staff. Um, I, I want them to have that ownership with us and we have that ownership with them. Awesome. I want to I want to talk a little bit about your relationship with the troops in a minute, but first I'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor. Policeone.com is the number one resource for your up-to-the-minute law enforcement news, training, and incident analysis. Our mission is to provide you with the information you need to better protect your communities and your safety. Becoming a Police One member is quick, easy, and free. Once registered, you will receive access to secure law enforcement-only training and video tips, articles and sections, and a subscription to our award-winning law enforcement newsletters. Go to policeone.com forward slash registration to sign up today. That's policeone, the number one, dot com forward slash registration. And we're back. I'm talking with Chief Roger Shai of the Pocatello Police Department, doing great things up there, innovative things, um, really doing well with what you have and going forward. Uh, and so you talked about dealing with the community and your electeds. And 
you're in a department, you're in an agency of, you know, 97 sworn, good size uh, agency with another dozen from, from um, doing the other uh, work with the animal control. What do you do? How do you keep the relationship going, not just with your command people, but with the line officers? Are you jumping in a radio car? Are you attending briefings? You're popping up, uh, catching people doing something good? All the time. Yeah. You know, any, any opportunity I have to interact with people, whether it's we have a, a, a pretty nice weight room in our department. So I interact with people back there. I, I'm kind of not right in the head when it comes to working out. I'm you know, that's that's my that's my uh, I'm a junkie when it comes to that. So I, I'm back there every morning talking to people. Um, I, one of the things that like with our new recruits, it's like a it's like a rite of passage to go through workouts with me when they're going through the Idaho State University Academy. So, uh, so we do that. We, um, I, I go to briefings. Uh, we teach in our mini academy. All of the command staff does. Uh, I still am an active instructor for uh, Archon, so I get on the mat with them. I, I was at the range last Thursday with them until one o'clock in the morning. I think training with them. And and here, here's another thing, right? It, I talked about uh, as a leader, no sh- no job should be beneath you. You know, if we're picking up brass, I'm the first one there picking up brass. Um, so they, they see that they see that, you know, if there's a garbage needs to be taken out, I'm, I'm going to take out the garbage. So I talk to them in the hallways. I go to squad meetings, you know, jump in a car, uh, go to training. I, I think training with them is huge. Cause they want to see that the bosses still know how to do the job. And it's like, Oh, the boss can shoot. Right. Oh, the boss can roll. Right. So, so I think th- those things are important to building that, that leadership capital with your people. So I talked about building leadership capital with your community, with your, with your council. Um, but you have to work every day to build leadership capital with your people. Yeah. Like, absolutely. You, talk, you talked about spending it. I'm frugal about spending my leadership capital. Nice. That's, that is wise. Um, and I'm sure, you know, everybody's watching you. You're the, you're the man and all eyes are on the chief. So here we are, uh, you're at Pocatello. You've got a good thing going. You got a lot of people there. Uh, you're not satisfied. What's next? What's next for you? What's, what's your community move afoot? So, um, always to, to build new relationships with my community and build that leadership capital. Um, I was humbled. Uh, I was recently elected as the vice president for Idaho Chiefs of Police Association. And so, which means I'll be the vice president this year and the president next year. And I've got some things on the agenda I'd like to, to deal with on a statewide basis. But, uh, you know, it, it all comes down to serving the, the people of Pocatello. Uh, you know, our number one driving force is a preservation of human life. And that's one thing that we, we talk about here and to, to make our agency uh, the best. And, I, you know, I firmly believe we have the best people here. I know every chief is going to say that. Uh, that's something I believe I believe in. And, you know, we're well trained. We take care of our community. Our community takes care of us. And I think that, you know, to continue to grow here and come up with innovative programs, continue to be involved in things. And I'm president of the board of court appointed special advocates um, and to continue to build relationships there um, and get out and spread the word, you know, as, as much as I can, you know, with especially with uh, our leadership principles, 
that, that we're following every opportunity I get, I talk to people about the extreme ownership Academy and, and the blessing that that's been of networking with people from, and, and first responders all over the, the country, they actually do a free first responders session once a month. And it's a zoom call with Leif Babin or Jocko or JP Dinell, uh, or some of the echelon front folks. And, you know, we, we talk about our leadership problems that we're having. And, you know, we, the way I look at it is every problem is a leadership problem. And then there's two types of, of, of you know, you're, you're either effective or you're ineffective. If you're effective, well, then I'm going to make some intermittent decisions to say, okay, I'm going to make a small decision and then I'm going to assess it and then move right or left or stay the course. If it's ineffective, same thing and keep moving forward. So Yes. Yeah, so that's great advice. Good tips. If you are, you're, you're successful there, what would you say to the new leadership, the next level of leadership, whether it's a sergeant, lieutenant, captain, or a new chief? Um, what, what are the important things to remember? What's important now and what's important to think in advance? Page 157 and 158 of leadership strategy and tactics. <laughs> Be humble. Don't act like you know everything. Check your ego at the door. Listen to people. Um, you know, if you want respect, uh, you have to give respect. If you want to be listened to, you have to listen to others. If you want to influence people, you have to let them influence you. And I would say that if your people come to you and they have an 80% solution, let them run with it. Maybe ask a few questions. Don't go so direct with people. Maybe take the indirect path. Ask a lot of questions. And if they have an 80% solution, let them run with it. And then make those little adjustments as you go on. It gives them ownership and it gives them some buy-in to their agency, the community, the program that they're working on. I don't, I don't want to make all the decisions in my, in my department. I want, this, I want the line staff to make that stuff. I want, I want the, the sergeants, the corporals, the lieutenants making those decisions. And then empower your people to make those decisions. And that's a powerful thing. When people understand that they have the authority to do that, I mean, we give them a badge and a gun and, and, you know, and the ability to take people's civil rights away from them. You should trust them with making a decision about writing a policy, sending it up the chain, reviewing it, and going, looks good. Awesome. Great advice. Good, good words of wisdom to pass along. And um, I'm sure everyone under your command takes it, takes it advantage of your leadership. And uh, that's a great way to, to lead and manage is to let people uh, go with their own ideas. Maybe they fail. Maybe um, you can offer some advice and, and, and get them moving along again. Um, so what's next for Pocatello? What's happening? Uh, winter's coming, as John yeah. Snow said, winter's coming. What are you doing? Uh, you know, the, we're just, uh, we're staying busy and, you know, uh, all, we're always working towards mission alignment, um, whether it's summer, winter. I mean, yeah, we have more crashes, right? A uh, little bit of snow flies. Uh, we bundle up, but uh, we all, we're always looking for that mission alignment. That's one of the things that we're always striving for. Uh, and when we see mission creep, we go back in and we have to make sure that we're aligned. And, and, and if they're not aligned, it's my fault. It's, it's not the, the officer's fault. It's not the sergeant's fault. It's, it's my fault because I didn't communicate simple, clear, concise. Um, I'm always looking at that. I'm always 
going over what's called the the laws of combat in my head. Um, how is this cover move? How is it's not you know how is this uh, about the mission? You know how how are we breaking down silos? Am, am I explaining the mission? Am I being simple, clear, concise in in the, in the message? Um, I'll tell you another really powerful thing too is the power of a readback. And so when I'm talking about a readback is when I'm given a directive or I'm talking to the, the troops about something, I think I'm communicating at like a level 10, but really I'm like communicating at a level three, or I have to think in my head, I'm communicating at a level three or below. So what I'll do is I'll ask, I'll be like, okay, what did you guys hear me say? Because just because I'm communicating at that level. So like I'll throw an eighties reference out sometimes, uh, you know, it might be something like, Hey, you know, cause Hey, we're getting this raise. We're getting this new equipment. We're moving on up to the east side, to the deluxe apartment in the sky. And the new troops look at me like, what is he talking about? But everyone like, like you're laughing because it's the Jeffersons, right? And, but it's, I'm not communicating simple, clear, concise. Um, and it's kind of like with my kids, right? I got three daughters and I'm thinking I'm, I'm being 100% clear with them, but I'm actually communicating like a negative three. So I got to institute that read back to make sure that I'm communicating effectively. And if they didn't hear what I'm saying, then I need to, that's my fault. I wasn't clear in my communication. Um, and as we move forward into the winter and the summer and into 2022, we're going to continue to prioritize and execute. We're going to, we're going to look at our list of things, uh, pretty cool things that, um, that are coming up for us. Uh, we have, a we got, a a mobile command post donated to us over $350,000 uh, from Operation Underground Railroad. And all of that was because I built a relationship with an officer from Boise PD about 15 years ago, teaching a, a defensive tactics course. And he says, hey, who's a guy that I know that will get this done and get it done quick? Because uh, another agency turned it down. And I'm like, dude, bring it bring it. And I took it to council. It's approved. It's being built right now. And it's going to give us the capability of rolling that thing out. It's got a mobile interview room, uh, interview room. It's got a dispatch center. We'll be able to do some forensics in there. I'm working on getting a grant for a DNA machine that we can put in there and put in our, in our dispatch center or in our, in our evidence room, excuse me. And um, we're working on with the AG's office to get a full-time ICAC investigator Um you know, it, just those those things, we're going to continue to prioritize and execute those things as we move on. And then um, let the troops run with things, de decentralized command, make sure everybody understands the mission, their right guideline, their left guideline, so that they can go out and successfully complete our mission of community commitment. Well, that's great. Really, really great stuff you're doing in Pocatello, Chief. Um, I, I've been trying to get you on the show for a while now. I, I saw it when I met you. Um, you know, there's a lot of bu buzzwords that describe what you're doing and you haven't used any of them, right? You model the desired behavior that you're looking for from your troops. You're a forward thinker, you're innovative, you're introspective, which a lot of us are not, right? Uh, it's, it, 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 it's easy to criticize others. Sometimes it's, it's tough to look inward and see how we're doing, but you're, you're constantly doing that self-evaluation. You're showing mindfulness, self-awareness, and you've got a high emotional IQ. And I'll tell you, if, if I'm building a, a, a football team with a chief as my quarterback, you're the man. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, and doctor, we just, uh, so our recent training, you, you bring up the, the mindfulness. Uh, Dr. Mitch Javidi that we just did some training with, um, 
great training. He calls it mindsight. And it's where your intra and interpersonal mind kind of overlap. Um, and you talked about uh, the self-awareness. Well, the, we just did 360 evals. I, I sent out evaluations for myself and all the command staff to the troops. And then we evaluated ourselves, And then we looked to see, are we aligned with where we think we are versus where the troops think we are? And if we weren't aligned, each division commander was responsible to come up with their own action plan on how they were going to get aligned. So, uh, a big part of that is being humble and checking your ego at the door and looking at it as, you know what, if, if something's wrong, don't point your finger at someone else, point your finger at yourself. It's your fault. And taking that, that, you know, that stance of extreme ownership. So. Right. Page 157, 158. Yeah, of leadership strategy tactics. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then you know, you know, uh, from extreme ownership, um, uh, page uh, two thirty eight talks about um, mission alignment, and I think that that's big. Is that if you as a staff go in, and even if you fight for the opposite, you know, position on something, when you walk out, you need to be aligned. You need to make it sound like it's your plan. I've got a saying on my wall as I walk out the door. I see every day that. Um, JP Dinell said on one of our Zoom calls, it says, he says, it's all on you, but it's not about you. And I think that that's for every leader. And that's a constant reminder for me to check my ego at the door because it's not about me. It's about the troops. If everyone else gets a raise and I don't, well, then everyone else gets a raise. I'd rather see the troops get a raise than, than me. Um, it's, it's all, it's, and it's, but it's my job to go out and fight for that. And by, getting aligned with council, building leadership capital with them. Um, and, and sometimes building that capital means we're going to do crappy jobs. We're going to do things we don't like to do. So what do we do with that? We knock it out of the park and build that capital with, you, with, with your community, with your bosses. Um, and, and then when I need to cash it in, I'm going I'm to spend some of it, but I'm going to be very strategic in how I spend it. Well, sounds like you've got some good capital stored away and I hope you never have to use it. Uh, great job you're doing there, Chief Roger Shy, Pocatello, Idaho. Uh, we'll look forward to hearing from you again and reading uh, some of your leadership articles uh, and watching what you're doing there in Pocatello. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. You know, I'm humbled by the opportunity um, to, to, to be here and to talk to you and, you know, the just going like to Orlando and meeting all those great leaders and learning from them. Um, you know, always learning something new, putting, putting tools in the toolbox, writing it down in my notebook. Right. So, uh, I mean, I, so like when I, when I take notes in a book, so this is my copy here of, <laughs> of that book right there. And I, you know, it, it's just, I've got notes in the margin, everything's highlighted. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. so it, it's just, it, it's crazy. Um, you know, and I'm not a big reader, but when there is a good book out there, um, you know, and getting that that training from folks like the FBI National Academy Associates, um, uh, IACP, uh, it's it's a blessing. Great. Well, thanks for being on the show, and to our listeners, thanks for listening. I hope you found today's show interesting, and uh, check out Pocatello, Idaho, and and look at their website, see what they're doing. Great stuff up there in a great, beautiful uh, part of the country. Let me know what you think. 
drop us a line at policing matters at police one.com let us know what you'd like to hear about who you'd like to hear it from and give us a rating on apple Podcasts if you can all right stay well stay safe watch your six talk to you again real soon